Hello again, welcome to Block 101. It's David Lynham here. Thanks for joining me as always. Um, so for today's podcast, I want to talk about marketing lessons learned uh, and reminders um, around marketing courtesy of the FA Cup. Now, um, those of you that know me really well, you'll know I love the FA Cup, have done for many, many years. Um, I grew up in Wembley. I lived in Wembley for all of my childhood, basically. Um, and I always remember very early childhood memories uh, of the FA Cup being obviously a huge occasion. Uh, living in Wembley, I was about a five minute walk from the stadium. Uh, I lived on the main road where the team coaches would travel up to the stadium. So uh, would often sit out on my wall or look through my living room window, keeping an eye out for the coaches on the way up to, to the game. Uh, and sometimes on the way back, you'd see them. Uh, go down my roads with the the FA Cup in the back of the coach. Uh, so I have great memories, fond memories as a kid uh, around the FA Cup. And so um, I always take a big interest in it anyway. Um, obviously at Kaiser we work with lots of non-league teams and so the FA Cup is a really important competition for, for any club at non-league level uh, because as many people don't realise, there are many qualifying rounds of the FA Cup um, before it starts to really get mainstream or national attention. And that's changed a bit over the years for the better. Uh, and we've seen more and more coverage of the early rounds, giving um, vital TV income, for example, to, to lots of lower league teams. Um, but it's still, you know, a fantastic competition because it means a lot for, for clubs at that level. Um, this year, we were really lucky. It was a first year for us. Uh, where we had um, a couple of teams get as far as uh, the third round. So the third round is really important because it's where the big boys come in. So the Premier League teams, uh, they start to, to enter the competition at that stage. And if you're still hanging around at that point, you've got every chance uh, as a, a lower league team of drawing some of the best teams in the country. So um, that can obviously be a huge draw. That happened uh, for the first time, I guess, in six years of working with lower league teams, we had a club in the third round. We actually had two. Um, so Chorley and Marine both got through uh, all of the qualifying rounds that they were um, they were in, got to the third round, um, and both got fantastic home draws uh, in the FA Cup. Uh, Marine drew Tottenham Hotspur, and then Chorley got Derby County. Um, in normal times, Marine versus Tottenham probably would have got a crowd of about 3,000, maybe just over, uh, given the size of their ground. Uh, and again, Chorley versus Derby County, huge, would have normally had you know Wayne Rooney bringing his team um, to, to Chorley's ground, to Victory Park, uh, would again you know attract a, a crowd of around three, maybe even four or 5,000. Um, however, this year was a little bit different. Obviously, uh, COVID's, being a huge issue for clubs at the moment, people not being allowed um, into grounds. Um, and particularly for Marine, it was a, a bit of a challenge because uh, at the time in the build-up to the game, um, the, the tiering system kicked in, uh, in uh, well, across England basically. And what originally looked like them being allowed 500 people in due to a reduced capacity meant they had zero. Uh, and, and that was a, a, a tough thing to take because, um, you know, this would have been for them their biggest game in their sort of more recent history for, for some time. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a sad end, far from it. Um, 
The Marine game for me would have been a, a really significant one. So I worked at Tottenham Hotspur for about three and a half years. Um, so, you know, to be involved in terms of supplying one club with our software against the club I used to work for, definitely a, a game of interest for me. Um, and with Chorley, you know, we've worked with Chorley for nearly two seasons, I think it is now. Um, Derby County, you know, again, would have been a, a huge game in normal times. Um, in the end, they had, uh, some might say, an easier game because um, many of the, the Derby first team were, were, um, were isolating, so they had to put out a very young side. They actually won and got through to the fourth round. Uh, and again, we'll talk through some of the marketing lessons around that because uh, both clubs uh, started a virtual ticket campaign. Now, just to be really clear, a virtual ticket is nothing more than a donation. It's just a more... Uh, I was going to say disguised, but it's, it's not even really disguised. It's just an elegant way of asking for a donation. Um, and both clubs ran virtual ticket campaigns. Uh, Marines in particular, you know, was extremely successful, ended up being national uh, news, getting a lot of coverage um, all, over, all over the country and internationally, in fact, as well, which we'll talk about. Uh, and in the end, they ended up selling over 30,000. I think the final number was 32,000 virtual tickets, which is, is phenomenal given that their normal crowd is about three, 400 people. Um, so how did that happen? That's what we're going to talk about. You know, a game that was televised for free live on TV um, in England, um, but they managed to sell 32,000 tickets for it. Uh, and, you know, we learned a lot from supplying the software that allowed them to do that, um, which I'm going to go through on this podcast. And the same with Chorley, you know, so again, Chorley didn't quite hit 32,000, uh, but did sell many thousands. Uh, and again, you know, really clever marketing campaign in terms of getting people behind the virtual ticket campaign they were launching, but also very cleverly uh, weaving merchandise into their campaign as well. So, um, putting like pre-sales of uh, limited edition shirts that they were going to wear for their game against Wolves in the fourth round uh, up on sale and almost doing like the back catalogue of special collectible kits that they, they'd worn for the previous rounds. Um, and they've knocked out some, some pretty big teams along the way as well. Um, so all clever stuff. So I've got nine things here uh, to talk through, nine different lessons. I might split this up into two podcasts actually. Um, just so we don't go on for too long on one. Um, so let's get started then. So the first lesson um, around marketing courtesy of the FA Cup uh, is get started. So the Marine virtual ticket idea uh, was something that really just came up uh, from some fans discussing um, you know, the disappointment online around not being able to have anybody attend the game. Um, so there was a bit of a backstory you know, originally it was going to be 500 people could attend. Uh, Marine did a very good job, and I thought this was going to be a different podcast, to be fair, um, of really utilising their sales data to understand who the, the most, uh, in inverted commas, loyal customers were, loyal supporters. Um, and they did a very fair process using all of the sales data they'd accumulated from uh, this season to work out who of the 500 uh, would be uh, able to to buy a ticket, and of you know once you take away your sponsors' commitments, players' commitments, um, you know it doesn't leave an awful lot available for your supporters. Of course, your season ticket holders as well. Um, so they did a very good process around that, but then they had to scrap that because the the country sort of introduced this new tiering system, 
it meant no fans in uh, anywhere. Um, so a very different dynamic. It, on top of that, um, they had a sponsor pull out uh, right at the last minute, or let's say last minute, probably 10 days before. Uh, and so lost, you know, in the region of about £20,000 uh, in sponsorship money. Um, so that on top of having no fans in the ground was a huge blow. Uh, and, you know, particularly the Spurs fans, I think they did a really good job in, in getting this up and running. They wanted to show, um, you know, their appreciation for the situation Marine were in. So they wanted to donate some money to try and help them to replace the hole that not having fans in the stadium uh, would have. So it started off as a, a bit of a conversation, a discussion online. Um, I got a text at about half nine, ten o'clock at night from the club asking about this virtual ticket concept. Is it something we could do? Um, and we got them up and running. Um, I think, you know, half an hour we had something up online. And by half eight the following morning, they were marketing it. They were tweeting about it, posting it on Facebook and everywhere else. Um, and the original goal was just to basically sell 600 virtual tickets. That was the idea. Um, we didn't really know what the virtual ticket meant at that point. It was only as the, the whole thing developed, it turned more into like a draw. Um, and then you could win opportunities. Anyone who bought a virtual ticket could win the opportunity to manage the team um, for a pre-season friendly. Uh, there were donations of shirts, signed shirts that you could potentially win. Uh, there was, I think it was something like a night out in Liverpool for four and tickets to a game, but it was another prize and many more prizes were added uh, as the, the campaign developed. But the lesson here is just to get started. It's the speed of implementation that kept the momentum going, which then had that snowball effect and something built and built and built. And the details were only worked out as, as they went along. I've seen similar things happen where someone has an idea and then perhaps days or even weeks are wasted as people try to flesh out the idea, make it perfect, then launch it, and the moment's gone. So, you know, in this case, and in most cases, I think you'll find, you know, done is always better than perfect. Get started, get something out. You can always tweak it. You can always work it out as you go. Um, and that's exactly what they did here. And I, I do believe part of the success of this was the timing and the speed to get it up and running as well. Um, so that's point one, just get started, work out the rest as you go along. Um, second point then uh, related to the first is creating a narrative. So uh, as I said, there was, a, I suppose, a bit of a hard luck story um, that Marine tapped into, you know, would have been one of the, if not the biggest game in their history of recent times. Um, I do believe, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, that the, the game was, was the, the biggest gap between two teams in the FA Cup. So, you know, that was sort of the narrative from the media, the traditional David v. Goliath FA Cup, the magic of the cup, insert other cliches here. Um, but the, the whole idea was, you know, it was, it was the tie of the round, the one everybody was talking about. So there was this narrative already of, of this David versus Goliath game. Um, but also then weaved into, you know, we could have had 3,000 fans here. That was then 500 and now it's zero. Plus the story around the sponsorship. Um, you know, there was definitely something there that people could get behind, but then wanted to support and feel like they were contributing to. And I think the club did a really good job of creating that. So, um, you know, everybody wanted to support in the times we're living in. People want to sort of, you know, do as much good to help each other as they can as well. That definitely came through. So we could see that from, from, from the off. People were 
posting their receipts of purchase or of donation, you know, to show that they played their part. Um, and they wanted to, 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 to share that with everyone and let other people know that they should do the same as well. Um, so there was a clear narrative there all the way through. Um, it was definitely something people could get behind. It spread like wildfire. Um, you know, so we had this, this original target of 600 within not even 15 minutes of it being announced and being put on sale. We hit that. Uh, the next target then from 600, we looked at, you know, what's the capacity of, of, a, of the Marine Stadium at the moment? It's about 3,000. Uh, within a few hours, we'd hit that. There was great support from the, from the Tottenham Hotspur social media team on that as well. They retweeted a few things. They shared a few things that obviously got more eyeballs on it. Um, and so it just grew and grew and grew. Um, so, you know, it's a, a really impressive way. I mean, when you think about, you know, how fast ideas can spread, um, and I do believe the narrative around it helps to spread it, it can be a really powerful thing. So point two, lesson two, you know, create that narrative, think about the story behind it. It would have definitely fell flat if the narrative was, we've lost out on some money, can you give us a donation? Yeah, sure, some people would have, but there was nothing else in it. So, you know, what, 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 what's that really going to deliver? Um, so creating the narrative, making sure people feel like they're part of something that they're, they're contributing to, um, great reminder for us there. Right, so let's go to number three. Uh, so value, that's uh, an important word in this. It works both ways. So we talked about it being a donation uh, and certainly for the first, I'm going to guess a number here, but let's say the first three or 4,000, it was about donating something to a club that needed it. But as it spread further afield, you know, there has to be more for people that appreciate the situation, they empathize with it, but they need to know what's in it for them. And I think that's, you know, it's human nature. It's, it's not an unfair question. Um, so what do people get back? So this is where the club were, you know, I think really good in developing out the campaign. So, you know, we talked about the opportunities, opportunity to win certain things. Um, so, you know, managing a team for pre-season is, is definitely up there with, you know, maybe not quite once in a lifetime, but uh, an experience that many people won't get to experience. So perhaps you can win that. Um, or, you know, maybe it's a signed shirt, maybe it's, you know, tickets, hospitality, that kind of thing at a game, but there was something in it for people. So it wasn't just the take, take, take. There was value sort of both on both sides for this one. Um, and I think if you speak to most people, they probably will say they didn't enter just to, you know, win something. It was about doing something good because as soon as this spreads, it wasn't just Spurs fans. It wasn't just fans of other clubs in England. This went international. This was fans of football who understood what the FA Cup was about and understood the, the difficulty or the, the hard luck, if you want to call it that, that Marine were in because they weren't able to capitalise on what should have been their, a very big day for them. Um, so there was definitely some kind of value there. Again, not just saying, can we have some money off of a donation from you? Um, but, you know, by supporting this cause, we'll do these things. You're in with a chance of this. And I think the club did a really good job of showing that appreciation. Um, right. So I'm just conscious of the time of this podcast. So let's do one more. And then I'm going to go uh, to a second podcast. Uh, and so we've got this one. So there's another five. So we'll have points one to four on this uh, podcast and then the rest another five points on a later one. So 
Uh, final one for this episode is um, about setting a target and being vocal about it as well. And we don't do this enough because sometimes we might not hit our target and everyone thinks we've failed. Um, and that's not the case, but the target in this instance was something that everyone kind of got behind, but also drove more sales. So, um, you know, let's talk about Marine again. And I think Chorley did a, a good job of this one too. So initially we talked about 600 sale target, smashed that in a few minutes, thousands, you know, 3000 took a few hours, 3000. Then we sort of thought, well, what's the next target to aim for? And, you know, there was talk at that point of saying, well, should we just say, you know, we're sold out, you know, we've, we've hit the capacity of the ground, but the traffic on the site and the number of donations being made, it, it would have been crazy to, to stop at that point. Um, so the, the next target then that came up was, was 6,000, which was, I think, the highest ever attendance uh, Marina had, had recorded, you know, post World War II. Um, and so the next target was to, to, could we equal that? And that took, you know, a couple more days, but they got to 6,000 fairly comfortably. And after that point, it was then a case of, you know, how do we get from six to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 15, and on and on and on. Um, and in the end, being vocal about the numbers sold, about what the next target was, was a huge um, driver of more sales because as the word spreads, more fans got to hear about it. The questions were coming through on social media, you know, where are we at now? Where are we at now? And as soon as the number was published, you then have, you know, within a few minutes, another post on that thread saying, oh, well, you've got two more, you've got one more. And all of a sudden you're on to your next milestone. Um, so it would be very easy to just put it out there, not talk about a target at all and just see what happens. But being vocal about that target in this instance, and I believe in many instances, helps to drive towards a more successful campaign. And um, surely the same thing as well, you know, they, um, particularly their virtual ticket campaign against Wolves. Now, I didn't know this until I spoke to someone at the club, but Chorley v Wolves is a, a massively historic fixture in the FA Cup, dating back to the 80s where they played each other uh, and it went to uh, replays um, a few times because they couldn't sort of um, break or there was no breaking of the deadlock between the two teams. And in the end, Chorley won. Uh, and so, again, with their virtual ticket campaign, they took the attendance for one of those FA Cup games um, from the 80s and used that as the target. So, again, everyone could get behind it. It was a number of significance. Uh, the Wolves fans, you know, again, little did many people know, but surely is a significant part of their history because during that time when they, they beat them in the FA Cup, you know, the, the, the club was on the verge of, of going under. And so, um, you know, that defeat was a pretty dark day if you're a Wolves fan. Um, so again, you know, it kind of was a talking point. It brought back memories for some. It was something for people to get behind. Uh, and so again, setting that target, putting it out there, it was something to catch attention. It was a talking point, something for people to discuss and importantly, head towards too. Um, so, you know, super important. Think about the target, get it out there and tell people. Um, rather than just, you know, hiding behind something and seeing what happens. Because yes, you will get a level of success with it, but certainly being vocal about it and, and pushing people towards it is only going to increase your chances of success. Right, um, let me stop there. So that's been four uh, lessons from the FA Cup uh, around marketing. Um, we are going to 
stop things there. I'm going to be back with another episode and I'll go through another five marketing lessons and reminders. Um, So thanks for listening as always. And uh, I'll see you back on the next one and we'll go through another five points. See you later.